You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Here beginneth the 19th verse of the 11th chapter of the second epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death, five times I received at the hand of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at the sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? and I am not weak. Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Here endeth the lesson. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I am deeply grateful to be invited to the Advent Lenten series. It is something that I would attend uh, fairly regularly when I worked just right across the street at AmSouth. I would come here and hear the preaching. And, um, and who knew, uh, my good friend Andrew Pearson would become the dean here, and it would be um, like it is now. And, and I look out on this congregation and I see many friends and I see many new friends. Um, I'm, of course, the rector of uh, St. Thomas Episcopal Church and School in Houston, Texas, in the southwest part of Houston. We have experienced many things in Houston, most recently, of course, the ice storm, which uh, left many in my parish, in our school community, without power, without water for many days. We uh, experienced Hurricane Harvey, which wiped out about 70% of our campus in, at St. Thomas and all kinds of economic downturns having to do with the oil industry. Actually, we've had three floods. Uh, you just know about the Harvey um, flood. But, um, but all of that is just an introduction to me and where I'm coming from, but it's also an introduction to what I would like to um, give to you this next couple of days that I'm with you. What I would like to give to you and what I would like to um, be able to communicate is, um, is the Christian idea of the hollowing out and the rebuilding. The hollowing out of the person and the rebuilding in Christ. So we're going to talk a little bit in 2 Corinthians 11 about the hollowing out 
today. And I'm going to start by saying, I'm going to remember when I was younger. And a lot of you would say, well, you're still young. And I get that a lot in my parish. But, 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 but I was once younger than this. Um, in fact, I was, uh, when I was younger, I was at the Advent Day School. I graduated from the Advent Day School in, uh, in eighth grade. Um, so I was in these pews in chapel in the Advent Day School. And when I was younger, I felt good. You were supposed to laugh at that because you're supposed to identify with that. When I was younger, I, okay, I felt better. How about that? I slept well. Nothing hurt. I had low body fat. I was working out. My hair was brown. And I could eat all the fried fish that I wanted without heartburn. That's when I was younger. And something that I didn't appreciate at the time was that someone was caring for me. Someone was providing for me. Someone was, um, was protecting me. And at this time of feeling good and feeling young, I felt like I could conquer the world. And every graduation address that I ever heard told me I can do that very thing. And then I remember the first time I was pushed to the brink, the first major bust up of my life, when I folded quicker than I thought I would. In my case, I realized that it was necessary to go to class in college. That was something that you probably should do to avoid problems. I did not know that. I dug myself a hole, and it really shook my confidence. I found that the world was colder than I thought, that I had less energy than I thought. I had less willpower than I thought. And it's just that, that point where you can't take one more bit of bad news and it comes. I've had to completely reorient my understanding of reality and reorient my understanding of the own, my own resources that I have. This was my time of conversion. This was the time that I turned to the Lord in his saving office. My grades were in the gutter. My confidence was shot, and I just happened to take a New Testament survey class with a faithful PCA minister who I believe has a church right there in the south side of the city. And in that class, I believed, and I came to faith. Paul experiences many of these things in different ways. Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians 11, he is speaking of opponents. He is, he is addressing opponents to his ministry, what he would later call the super apostles. He is, he is writing against the super apostles. This is verses um, 22 through 28. This is his, um, one of his um, broadsides against the super apostles. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offsprings of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. 
far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, often near death, etc., etc. You heard me say it before, read it before. Incredible hardships the Apostle Paul experienced. Incredible hardships. But look also how he saw himself previously. This is Philippians 3, verses 4 through 6. He says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Here's the thing that Paul is trying to communicate to us. His downfall, his bust up, he thought it was good. He thought it was good. While the super apostles that he's writing against were boasting of signs, boasting of wonders, boasting about all of these things that we would see as success in our world, Paul is boasting of weakness. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness, he says. And in Philippians 3, we think of what, we, we, we read what he thinks of his past attributes. They're rubbish. All of these things that I tell you that I thought were good once before are rubbish. Listen to these inspired words of Paul on what is weakness and what is strength. This is insane. If you really get into the point of what he is getting at, this is insane. What he is saying is insane. When we finally understand what he's saying, it is crazy. And he admits as much. He keeps saying, I'm a madman. I'm speaking as a madman. He calls himself a fool. He knows how this sounds. It sounds the same way in the first century AD as it sounds now. And we agree. We agree that he's a madman. We agree that he's a fool, unless he knows something that we don't. Unless he's teaching us something that we can't see apart from revelation. And perhaps this revelation is so counterintuitive to the Apostle Paul that he doubts his own sanity. But if he's right, then we are the real madmen. We spend every ounce of every day trying to build ourselves up, trying to make ourselves better, trying to better position ourselves, seeking buffers, as Charles Taylor calls it, in a secular age. Either that or we torture ourselves because we can't pull it off. This is the whole enterprise of our lives, 
studying, working out, dieting. You put your own in there, and I'm right here with you. I'm right here with everyone. You know, I'm so excited because I found a personal productivity app. It's called Trello. Have you ever heard of Trello? Well, I found it, and I am an apostle of Trello. It has all sorts of functions. You know, and what's going to happen is I'm going to use it. It's going to work, and I'm going to become insufferable. That's how that's going to work, because I already am. You know, I'm on the keto diet. I've lost 30 pounds since August, and I can't stop talking about it. If you want to ask me what, what carbs and fats and how that does to your body, just ask, just, just ask me about it, and I will give you a two-hour-long lecture. And of course, I, I know nothing on the subject, but I will, I will talk about it. I, I talked to Andrew about it last night. In his eyes, he was looking at something else. He started looking, looking at people in the restaurant and stuff. I don't blame him. But, you know, I used to roll my eyes at people who, who, who lost a bunch of weight, and now, now they're telling you how that you can, you can do that. Um, but now I'm that guy. I'm the guy. I'm a walking cliche. But Paul writes in verse 30, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. You see, as we work harder and harder on ourselves, the deeper we dive into ourselves, because we're told to look in ourselves. We're told to look in ourselves by everyone. The deeper we dig, the more we believe that the answer is in ourselves, it becomes impossible to hear a word from outside. Impossible. And this is the whole point. When we are weak, and we are, when we have no control, and we don't. When the bust-up comes, and it will, there are a couple of ways we can go. We can dig deeper within ourselves to find the answer. But we're going to find nothing there. Or we can come out of ourselves and look for a word from outside. When Paul moves on to chapter 12, it's very famous, it's talking about the thorn in the flesh. He writes in chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. How many of us can relate? But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, will, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is how we grasp the cross. This is how we grasp the resurrection. You see, our Lord, our Master, our God died in an ignominious manner. His whole life trajectory was aimed toward this. But this was also God's greatest act, God's most glorious act. And you know what? For you, it is an act that is complete and it is finished. 
This is the substance of the gospel news that is given to us. Salvation, redemption, forgiveness, life comes from the death of another. And that is even greater madness to those who are looking within themselves for the answer. Climbing the mountain. But when our eyes are open and we are sitting at the bottom of the mountain continuously sliding down, you can look at Calvary and what others see as madness, you see as beautiful, you see as powerful, you see as sublime the majesty of God. When you're suffering, when you're hurting, when you feel like you are losing your mind, it could be that you're being taken out of yourself and set on the path of looking outside. It is very possible, probable even, according to Paul, that you are actually becoming sane. Given the ability to grasp a free gift that has been given to you, the very promises of God to broken people, the good news of a finished work that happened completely outside of yourself, you can't find that in yourself. As hard as you dig, as hard as you work, it's not there. It's only available as news coming from God outside of yourself. After the sermon, after the service, you're going to go back to, in my case, I would go back across the street. You're going to go back to wherever you're going to go back to. And things will begin to seem very sane. But in that sanity, things begin to unwind. And at that moment, I hope this bit of insanity comes to mind. Perhaps life's givens, the cycles that you experience, the pressures that you're experiencing are pushing you, pushing you outside of yourself and pushing you to a new creation that is your inheritance in Christ Jesus. I pray that for you. I pray that for your family. And I pray all of these in Christ's name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.